0: together here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation wherever you are whoever you are however you are take a deep breath here's a story for you coming out at christmas It's week two of Making the Yuletide Gay here at All Places Together with our friends from Technicolor Ministries. I'm Pastor Colleen Montgomery, the pastor of All Places Together. I'm so glad you're listening along today. So this is something I didn't really understand fully until I started coming out myself. But coming out is a whole long journey that doesn't actually ever end. I cannot imagine how it could ever be a one-and-done situation. Coming out takes many, many interactions that can happen in a variety of ways, face-to-face, on the phone, through a letter, and, of course, the classic social media post to make it, quote, Facebook official, unquote. Yet, even if you make that super public post about it, you'll inevitably meet someone who doesn't yet know your full identity. While I dream of the day when someone can come out without fear of emotional, relational, or financial consequences, that day is not yet here. For example, parental rejection for queer teens can cause emotional trauma, fractured relationships, and even being kicked out of the house. While queer adults may have a more safe and stable living situation, the stakes can still be quite high. Discrimination in the workplace can be brutal. Coming out is risky business. Since during the holidays, we often see people that we haven't seen for a long time, this means that there might be some coming out conversations coming your way. Folks in the community may intentionally choose to come out to family, friends, and loved ones over the holidays. This may also happen unintentionally, too. You, dear listener, may find yourself on either end of such a conversation. And today's episode is all about helping you prepare for that occasion. Whether you're looking to come out intentionally this Christmas, thinking that it might happen accidentally, or you are wanting to be prepared for the next time someone comes out to you, this episode is for you. This week's guest is Micah McNutt. Micah She-Her is seeking ordination in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America and is currently serving as a pastoral intern at Common Ground Recovery Community. Common Ground is a mission development site of the ELCA that explores the connection of 12-step recovery spirituality and radically inclusive Christian faith. She has finished her Master's in Divinity at the United Lutheran Seminary and plans to graduate in 2023. Micah is married to Alyssa and together they have three cats. In their free time, Alyssa and Micah like to play pub trivia, go on adventurous day trips, and learn as much as they can for the next quizzo. Today, Micah shares her coming out journey, and together her and I explore how to prepare to come out and the importance of self-care for whether you are in or out of the closet. Welcome to All Places Together, Micah. I am so excited that you're here with us today. Good to be here. Thank you for the invitation. So in preparation for today's conversation, Micah shared with me her coming out story and how it unfolded over the course of the holiday season and actually a little bit beyond it too. Micah, I'd love to begin our time together with you sharing as much of your story as you're comfortable with with our listeners today. Thank you. Yeah.
1: My um, coming out happened kind of without me realizing it and without too much thought. Um, And it happened over the seasons of the holidays, starting from Thanksgiving into Easter. Um, And of course, having these deeper realizations a little bit over Christmas. Um, But I'll start with one year at Thanksgiving when I was in my mid 20s I had been kind of talking with somebody seeing with somebody who uses pronouns they and she and they and um we really liked each other and I really liked her and it was kind of a fun realization to get to know each other and be like wow this is really comfortable for me um and i was really happy in my personal life but when i went home for thanksgiving that year i found myself not telling my family about this person and also being incredibly cranky and angry and having all of these pent up emotions and i couldn't quite pinpoint why i was having them um and went home to away from my family kind of disgruntled but not really sure why and Then that following Christmas, um, this person and I, who eventually became my spouse, um, continued to talk, continued to text. And I spent a lot of time with my family and, um, we, I actually traveled back to, I'm from the Virginia area. That's where I lived at this time and where my family, my immediate family lives. But, um, my mom's family all lives in Washington, north of Seattle. So we traveled back for Christmas that year, and I found myself like kind of dropping hints to my aunt, who is very close in age to me, and my, um, my cousin, who is my age exactly. And I, I kept dropping these hints that, oh, there's this person who I really like, and I would use she, her pronouns for the person. And um, they as good like midwesterners slash lutherans they just kind of were like oh that's interesting that's nice and like didn't really say much
0: beyond that they didn't like ask the probing question or like dig in absolutely
1: not they <laughs> just were like oh that's nice and then we moved on like i remember swiping um, back in the days of tinder when it was maybe a little less creepy um like swiping through profiles and what it was i was sitting on my cousin's bed we were swiping through profiles on my phone because it i was getting all these weird profiles because i was new to the area
0: oh sure. and we had
1: a record on and like i was not going to go on a date with somebody um (laughs) like when i was visiting my family for christmas but it was fun to like I don't know, text flirt sometimes. Like, see who's out there. Yeah. See who's out there. I don't know. Who knows how wild and crazy life is when you're looking for somebody to love? Um, Because this was before my now spouse and I were really together together, but we were just texting and a lot of emotional support. But anyways. um, And I remember my cousin looking at me like, oh, there's women on your profile. It's like, yeah, I don't know it could be interesting to date a woman. And she went, Oh, that's interesting. And then we just kept swiping and didn't say anything else. Um, So I was like testing the waters of coming out at Christmas. And I don't know what it was. I wasn't as like emotionally charged during that Christmas. And I wonder if it was because I was like, letting off some of the pressure of the anxiety, like those old radiators where you have to bleed the pressure a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like you're letting just enough steam off so that you could feel a little bit more comfortable and it's not like at that boiling point. Like, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking like also of like a pressure cooker where it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, could explode. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh,
1: I'm... The first five times I used my pressure cooker, I was like, "This thing is a ticking time bomb." Um, (laughs) And that's uh, definitely. I think when we're holding something in that needs to be proclaimed, we kind of feel that way sometimes.
0: Yes, and I I was really grateful that I
1: found ways to healthily bleed off that pressure rather than (laughs) sitting on my counter waiting for the rice to explode at the top. Right.
0: Right. Oh, Um, I know exactly what you're saying.
1: Yeah. So. After that Christmas, um, I really realized that wow, I—the person who I've been talking with—I think we're going to go on a date, and I think like this might be the person for me. And shortly after that, I sat my mom down and was like, "Hey, we're having—I'm—I'm I'm having this relationship that is really meaningful to me, and I think this is the person for me." Oh, by the way, um, it's another woman, and my mom, in like true air and fashion. I was like, okay, I love you. Oh, I'm not super surprised. <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks mom. I was
0: really nervous because yeah. I had spent,
1: I had spent like the week prior to that, um, leaning on the support of a very trusted and dear neighbor who, um, has kids older than me. And she, I actually saw her as I was getting randomly, as I was getting in my car to drive to go meet my mom for dinner. And so like across the parking lot, back where we lived, I was like, Oh, actually it's so good to see you. I'm about to go tell my mom, can I have a hug? And she said, of course she gave me this great, like just wrapped me in this warm hug and sent me on my way. And like that, that random interaction that I didn't know that I needed from somebody who I knew could like mother me a little bit through that was just so lovely. So I could like go see my mom and know then that like, Oh, now I have like my mom and these other people who can act like a parent toward me. If, if that relationship fell out Um, and it didn't, and it's been great. So The last part of making the Yuletide gay, but also just like making for me every single holiday gay was that, um, that Easter, I realized I, I had spent then the rest of that spring, like kind of quietly building this relationship. But that spring later, I was working at a congregation at the time where I saw one of my youth show up and I didn't recognize the youth. And I was like, who is this? They're with a family who I know really well. Like, is this a neighbor, a
0: cousin? Like, who's with them? Yeah. And I was like, oh. So at
1: Easter, when I was trying to remember who this youth was, somebody finally said, oh, I think that's so-and-so, but now they're going by this name. Oh. And I said, oh, interesting. And I realized, like, I had the opportunity to welcome that youth back to church as their new name as their new identity and make them feel welcomed because I was beginning to identify more publicly and could go all in and say, Oh, I am a queer youth leader in this church. And every kid is welcome to spend time here. And no matter who they are, what they're questioning, what they're not questioning, um, and feel loved and accepted. And like, that was what I knew I was called to do then was not only like be out for myself and be that loving person I happened to see in the parking lot um, as I was going to go come out to my mom, but also that loving person who could be a steady presence for quite frankly, youth who don't always have it easy at home and just need to be loved and know that they are loved even at the holidays when like There's so many questions from families and it makes it so difficult sometimes to feel comfortable to answer. Um, Like I was at Thanksgiving, not knowing and just being so frustrated and mad and needing to have that time and space to come out and be who they are, even if it was with me testing the waters or with somebody else who they trusted.
0: That's such a beautiful story of transformation, of getting to know yourself more, like discovering more of your identity, being able to articulate it. And then I think the recognition of why the public proclamation matters. I know, like, that was a really big part of my journey as well in deciding to come out as bi. When I am happily married to my husband and there, you know, he knew and we're good, but some people wonder like, well, why does it matter to the rest of the world if my relationship isn't changing? But it's this piece of knowing that at least in my situation, there's going to be other bi kids in the world who are going to end up with partners of, of the same or other genders. And I want them to know that that's okay and that it's safe to do that and that there's other people out there who love them. And so I just, I think I just want to say like, I really resonate with that piece of your story and thank you for sharing that. Yeah, happy to.
1: It was definitely that sense of, that piece of, I knew there was no peace in my soul until something had changed and it was so good
0: to finally figure out what that was. Yes. So as you were going through this process and you're discovering, you know, a fuller identity that you're growing your relationship with this person who is becoming increasingly dear to you, how did you take care of yourself in the midst of that? Because, you know, I'm hearing you say the the pressure that you felt that Thanksgiving, you know, being uncomfortable or angsty like so so what did you do to take care of yourself
1: I think that I was so focused on building myself a new network of support and I think it's something that I've reflected on recently that um, a lot of people who Like, for whatever reason, as young adults, we're just trying to figure out, like, okay, how can I financially support myself? How can I find these friends or chosen family who are here to love and support me for who I'm becoming and not remembering, like, who I was as a child and what my parents' hopes and dreams were for me or what family pressures and expectations Mm -hmm. I had. And that wasn't anything that I that my family was putting on me necessarily, but I'm really good about putting um perceived expectations from others on myself. So Oh, feel that. Um, yes. Oh. Yeah, my therapist and I talk about that a lot. Um mm-hmm. ditto. So, but it was me being like, oh, I'm so mad about I don't know. It wasn't really anything anyways. So how I took care of myself in that, I realized, and it's not the healthiest coping mechanism, but it was what was available to me at the time was I was really squirreling myself in my life as I was building it um, away and like not necessarily keeping it from my family, but being so sure that this is how my life was building. This is how it was important to me, the family, the friends, um, the people I was becoming, I was coming to love so dearly. And also in that it was knowing, like, I actually, before I came out to my mom, I came out to the pastor of the church I worked at to be like, Hey, is this okay? Are you still going to employ me if I come out publicly?
0: Like, my mom's going to ask if I'm going to have a job or not. And I'd like to have that answer, please. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Or um, if my mom, for whatever wild reason, I don't know why I thought this, is going to cut me off vibe ever. Like, I she never would. But I was scared of that. And so to make sure to have that security in my head and in my heart, I was like, okay, I got to make sure not only am I going to be supported by my employer, but am I also going to be supported by my community of faith? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like that somebody would have my back so that if I came home devastated, like what was I going to do? Um, and that was like some of the, those were, that's where I was. That's how I sort of kept myself together was making sure that I had these safety plans, um, or in mind for myself and it included like financial security, but also um, relationship security. So having that neighbor who I knew I could turn to as a mother figure if something went wrong.
0: I think the intentionality in seeking those relationships, that point of stability is so important for anyone when they're really considering coming out. I think we're building towards a world where hopefully we won't have to worry about, those pieces of stability um but but being intentional about those relationships and and knowing that you have safe harbors to go to in case things go really poorly that's just such I'm so glad that you were able to do that for yourself and I also just think that's such wise counsel for others as well so kind of within that same vein are there things that you did to like gear up for those conversations to kind of like pump yourself up or get yourself in the right mind space. And then on the other side of those conversations, like how did you wind down from that or, or come to peace again?
1: Yeah, I think the two major, there's like three major times where I was like, I am intentionally setting up this coming out conversation. And that was with, my pastor, my mom, and then I'll talk about the letters I sent to my grandparents. Mm. So the coming out process, like, I think I relied on the support of my, my partner then, and then my friends to be like, I'm having these conversations and I'm like, for real coming out. And this is what that looks like. And having those friends just sort of be there to support me, to take me out for a beer afterwards or for a walk and to, you know, remind me that I am surrounded by a bunch of loving friends, like that network, that having those people around me is definitely how I, how I cope with things is knowing that there are people who are there to catch me. Like I would be willing to catch them, um, in whatever situation. But for me, it was really like, as I was coming out, how that happened but the other thing that I did to take care of myself was the medium in which I took, I told people. Mm. So like my pastor, we were in his office. Um, my mom, I had um, like just bought a car for, because my old one died, but um, and I was going to pick it up from the dealership. And I said, Hey, why don't we grab dinner as we're picking this up? And then I'll drive home and you can drive to your house. And she said, sounds great. So we picked up the car and we went out to dinner. So it was one of those situations where it's, I made sure I had my own transportation. I knew I was going straight back to my community of support. Um, so no matter how that conversation went, I i was going somewhere I knew I would be safe and loved for who I was. Um, and of course, it all turned out fabulous and fine. And I let my mom handle telling like everybody else, like my stepdad and his parents. I was like, I'm going to let you handle telling them. I'm just telling you.
0: Yeah. Please and thank Um, you. Like you have my permission. Go forth. Yeah, exactly.
1: And then um, for my grandparents, I actually waited a couple months and I wrote this really nice long letter to them. um, And I pulled out um, first Corinthians 13, but not the stuff like about love is patient, love is kind. But the stuff that comes a little earlier than that, where the writer talks about if, if I do these things and have faith, but I have it without love, I'm just Mm -hmm. a noisy gong and a clinging cymbal. And it's not a love that'll move mountains, like the love of my God. Mm -hmm. And I use that to kind of couch. If, if I'm not my full self, if I'm not the person who can love who I love, Um, I'm just going to be living a life like a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. And it'll detract from my faith and it'll detract from my relationship with God if I'm not who I am. And so they took that letter really well. Um, And it was a really great way then for us to have a conversation later. And they just said, hey, we're not sure what this means, but uh, we love you a lot. And I was like, oh, great. Thank you. And so they've been really supportive um, since then. I know it's not something they're quite comfortable with as far as like their faith goes, but they are accepting. They came to my wedding and you know, they love me loads. So
0: that's such a beautiful use, um, an interpretation of those verses from first Corinthians 13. I don't think I've ever heard them framed in that way, but as you're sharing that it's bringing tears to my eyes because when we're not able to be our full selves, so much is hurt i mean our faith our well-being that includes like mental health emotional health physical health like all of those things are so connected um and so framing it in that way of of wanting to embody god's love for you and also the love that god has gifted you to share is that is so powerful Yeah, because I was feeling like not
1: being able to share that love and be my full authentic self as an image of God reflected in this world. I was so, like, I was miserable at Thanksgiving, right? Like, it it was pulling away from my faith. It was me pulling away from my family. And it was me pulling not quite away from my neighbor. But, yeah, it it was not great. So when I finally started opening up more and like letting this little little seedling of identity, given light and love and water and the space to breathe and grow. I was like, oh, this is who God is calling me to be.
0: I think the beauty of the intentionality that you were able to have, at least around these three big conversations, is so powerful. And I also kind of wonder, did the holidays... Expedite like those conversations like because you because Thanksgiving was so hard because you're looking towards spending more time with family um at Christmas. Um, so did the holidays kind of force your timeline in a way that you felt like you needed to come out sooner so that you could be more at peace within yourself? I think the holidays became this.
1: Like, moment of interaction that I didn't know I was looking for. So, like, at Christmas, when I was sitting on the bed with my cousin looking through dating profiles and a woman came up on mine, it wasn't that I expected one to show up. Like, I hadn't even thought about it. I felt loved and safe and comfortable with somebody my own age and my family that I was like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. So, I found myself as I came out, like, the holidays became an accidental way for me to like show my family who I was without me having to overthink how I was presenting myself. Because I know for who I am as a person, like I spent that time over analyzing and over like trying to sort of the biologist in me is like, oh, I'm going to set up the exact like parameters of this experiment as I come out to my mom and control all of the things that I can control. But that Christmas as I was like doing a soft come out to my aunt and my cousin, it just kind of like slipped out, right? I was testing the waters and those testing times, I took the time spontaneously as they were there. And as I was feeling it in the moment to be like, um, yeah, no, that is a thing that I'm trying to do is like try dating women, try being LGBTQ. They didn't know that I was talking to somebody specifically that I thought I really liked and maybe wanted to date and maybe spend the rest of my life with. Yeah. It was just so, I took those spontaneous moments to let it happen. And then I reflected back on it later and was like, oh, that's who I should be. And then move forward from there. So Christmas kind of, I didn't build myself up to coming out at Christmas, but I accidentally came out a couple times and was like, "Oh, that felt really good." and decided to keep doing it.
0: Yeah, and I I imagine that there will be listeners who either kind of spontaneously come out over Christmas, um over this holiday season, um or perhaps will have family members um and friends say these types of things to them as well and I think that's a pretty common experience to to as you said like soft come out to people in our life who matter to us but but who perhaps are not like the core foundational people like our parents or you know perhaps a sibling or grandparents that in some of these still important and valued relationships but not you know at as core to our identity to kind of like Floated out there, and so, you know, I think we I would just want to offer a word of encouragement to people who find their themselves on either side of those conversations. To you know, just ground yourself in grace and love for those moments, and even if you're a little bit surprised, whether you're the one coming out or being told or, or shared with that, that's it's a it can be a really beautiful moment even when it takes you by surprise. Yeah. And give yourself permission to
1: know that like, I found myself coming out to people whose relationships mattered, but they weren't like my primary support relationships. So I didn't come out to like the inner circle of my life first. I was coming out to people who were a couple circles back, but still mattered to me. So there's no order in which you have to tell people. And if somebody gets mad because like, I can't believe you told that person before you told me. It it's not about them in that situation, right? It's it's about the person who's coming out, sharing something that like can be really vulnerable and really revealing, and um, just needs love at that time. Yeah. So if you're the person who's being coming out to, like, understand that no matter what your relationship is, it's that person who's reaching out to love you, and if you're coming out to somebody and you're like I don't know if I'm doing this right there's no right way to do it
0: no there's not there's just the best way to do it for
1: yourself and that's really important
0: yeah and each little conversation might look a little bit different how you tell one person might be different than another and I think I would just also add like coming out is also kind of like exhausting um I know I kind of like reached a point in my process that I was like wow I'm kind of done having this level of deep conversation, you know, two or three times a week, like time to just send some group text messages. (laughs) Absolutely. And like
1: my grandparents who are so very important to me, I came out over a letter because if they were going to react badly, I didn't want them to say something nasty to my face that they would regret later. Not that I thought they would, but... Um, like I know I know what they'd said in the past about LGBTQ people. Um, and I wanted them to have some their own space to get their own feelings out about me rather than saying it to my face and let them approach me when they were ready. Or I think I invited them to call my mom first before they called me. So there's also so many different ways, other than like face to face. And like you sent group texts, like totally reasonable.
0: Yeah.
1: I think I like had five major conversations with people. And then on coming out day, I like put something on Facebook and I was like,
0: here I am. Here I am. I love it. So I love that you mentioned the Facebook thing, because that's kind of the flip side of that is where I was wanting to go next in the conversation that for some people, they may choose to never come out or at least not come out this holiday season It might not be a safe thing for them to make that grand Facebook or even a simple Facebook post about it. So I'd love for us to just spend a few moments brainstorming together um, what support or advice that we would want to share with someone who's in this situation, what they might be able to do to celebrate and claim their identity, even if no one else knows what it is.
1: I think one way in which I quietly would celebrate um, my identity in like a small relationship way was um, like just being in conversation with my loved one um, over text during the holidays or something like, yes, I also had the family members who would be like, wow, you're always on your phone. And at the same, I would argue back, I'm I'm directly talking with people and sending my holiday cheer back to them. You know, my it's not just our loved ones who are in person with us that we can react to over the holidays, but also the people who we love who are far away or over text or like my online text, my online community through social media is so loved and valued to me. And like the Discord server people or friends from just... Friends from the internet. Um, don't do that at home, kids. Um, always vet them. Yes. But still, um, like those are really valuable and loved connections for me who were really supportive throughout my life. And we would develop, you know, our own texting code. So sometimes we would pick an emoji and it would have a special meaning to us. So my spouse and I used the like, pink flower emoji on that's like standard on everything. And I think it's technically a cherry blossom, but we said, actually it's a peony.
0: I love that. And you make it what you want it to be. Exactly. And we would send it to
1: each other and it kind of meant, even if we were too busy throughout the, our day, we could just like send a quick little emoji that said, Hey, I love you. I'm thinking about you. And I long for you. Mm. Um, Cause at the time we both traveled all the time. So it was a great way to stay connected.
0: That's so beautiful. I think little symbols like that are, can be really powerful and really meaningful. I know for me early on in coming out and when I was starting to think about it as well, like starting to identify with the colors of the bi pride flag and wanting to kind of be intentional about having some of those colors around me. And so I remember buying my first few stickers, um, to put on things. Um, but actually I'm too much of a perfectionist. So I've actually only put one of those stickers on something and the others are just like tucked in places where I can see them frequently and enjoy them. And so like I picked out this really pretty, um, sticker that had all different types of flowers that kind of faded from the blue to the purple to the pink. And that sticker in particular became the inspiration for the stole that I had commissioned um, to kind of celebrate my identity. Um, A stole is the colored piece of fabric um, that church leaders would wear over a white robe or a black robe or sometimes just on its own as well and so I got one commissioned that's like green grass in the background and then it has all of these different types of flowers down it and that was really meaningful for me so I think for someone who is in the closet who's not able to come out you know to think about like what is that little symbol and is there some way that you can put that in your house on your mirror that you're looking at every day like the screensaver on your phone, um, so that you that you can see that and remember, and just like have that little moment of joy. So the last thing I would love for us to talk about, and we've you've already mentioned it some when it comes to the verses from First Corinthians, but what are there other Bible stories, verses, or characters that have been? Really important to you in your journey of self-discovery, in your growth of being a queer leader in the church, and in your process to becoming a pastor as well. Absolutely. One of the first pieces of the Bible that
1: comes to mind is, of course, um, Ruth of Ruth and Naomi. Um, Ruth is a character who I absolutely love and adore. And as a church nerd in seminary, I definitely have written several papers on Ruth. Love it. Um, Thank you. And um, Ruth's declaration and promise and love was definitely something that my spouse and I had as one of our wedding texts. And it was, um, you know, the Ruth's declaration to Naomi saying, do not send me away. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. It's just such a, it was such a beautiful declaration. It's something actually my spouse got for me when I first started seminary to keep in my dorm while we were living apart as a reminder of our love, and then is now framed in our house beautifully. And it's a reminder for us. And Ruth has always been for me then, a reminder to see myself in the text and see myself in scripture and in the story of God's promise and God's love as an ancestor to Jesus and part of a holy tapestry and story. So I love Ruth.
0: That's so beautiful. And that's, I think, just such a powerful quote as well, because it's really speaking about like Ruth choosing someone and and choosing to be up in family with Naomi when all of those formal ties have been broken. Um, Ruth had been married to one of Naomi's sons, but that son died. And so there was no like legal obligation or blood connection that they shared. But Ruth still chose that and proclaimed that. And I think that's quite queer. Yeah. And it's a queer choice for Ruth to say, not only
1: am I choosing your faith and your, lo- and your love of religion and identity, but also the love that you and I share. So there's a multivalent meaning. There's double meaning there within those verses and that declaration that Ruth's love is not just for this other person, for her chosen family, but also for the God of her chosen family.
0: Thank you so much, Micah, for sharing your faith, your stories, and your encouragement with us today. You have certainly helped us make the Yuletide more gay. Thank you so much for having
1: me on, Pastor Colleen. It has been a joy to listen to all places together and to be a part of this community and to contribute back.
0: Thank you again to Micah for sharing your story and vulnerability with us all. The care you showed for yourself and others is such an encouragement. If you would like to get in touch with Micah, you can follow her on Twitter at MikeTheHobbit. Mike is spelled like Micah, how she spells her name, M-Y-C. So M-Y-C The Hobbit or on Instagram at Micah Lynn or on Facebook. I'll link that below. Dear listener, I hope this conversation today has helped to make your Yuletide a little more gay. A prayer for coming out at Christmas. God of love, you create each of us in your love and beauty and take delight in the ways that we share love with the world. Be with those who are making plans to come out this Christmas, especially if it is risky. Send them community to support them in their fears and to be with them no matter what happens. For those who receive the joyous news of our loved ones fully living into their full identity, open our hearts to respond with affirmation, celebration, and support. Grant an extra measure of love to those who remain in the closet this year. Remind them that your love is always with them and that you see them in the fullness of their identity. Ground each of us in your inclusive and expansive love, wherever, whoever, and however we are. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. If you've loved this episode and want more, there are several ways for you to engage more with Make the Yuletide Gay, Technicolor Ministries, and All Places Together. I'm going to put all of the links to all of the things in the show notes. First of all, if you missed last week's episode called Coming Home, I'd encourage you to start there. Also, the Make the Yuletide Gay Advent Calendar went live last week on December 1st. It's being hosted on the Technicolor Ministries website. And you have my permission to not do any of the previous days if you don't want to. You're welcome to start from today. Or if it's going to bring your heart the most joy and the most peace to start on December 1st and do them all through, that's great too. All Places Together is hosting a Make the Yuletide Game merch sale. You can shop the store on our website. 10% of the proceeds will be donated to Reconciling Works. You can find all sorts of Christmas ornaments for every pride flag on that store, as well as some special items with the Make the Yule Tide Gay logo. I also broke out the All Places Together one-year anniversary t-shirt design from the vault, just in case you missed getting one and still want one. The store will be open through the end of December. We're also hosting a Blue Christmas communion service together on Wednesday, December 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. You can RSVP to get the Zoom link on the Upcoming Events tab on Technicolor's website. Finally, if you're a first-time listener to All Places Together, I'm so happy you're here. We've got over 70 podcast episodes that celebrate how God loves us wherever, whoever, and however we are. As you're able, I hope you'll listen to more of the catalog. And if you need a recommendation to get you started, please let me know. As always, I'm so thankful for our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and supporters like you who share generously with APT. Your financial contributions enable this ministry to keep growing. If you've not made a gift before or you'd like to make an additional one before the year ends, you can give through our website, allplacestogether.org. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give Here, click that button, and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. Finally, we know it can be hard to give financially. I celebrate all of the ways that you engage with APT throughout the week and all of the ways that you share the stories with the people in your life. I hope you'll share some part of this series with someone you love, whether it's the podcast, the Advent calendar, the communion service, or even something special from the store. After all, it's the holidays in full color and everyone's invited. Until next time, remember that God loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are.